Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you've been watching season 23 of The Voice, you know that we've got now two Mississippians who are a part of that season. Holly Brand, who got a three-chair turned and is on Team Kelly Clarkson. She's actually coming up next with us here on Good Things, hopefully. Um, but if you miss it on Monday night, you got 24-year-old Walker Wilson. He was a race in Raymond, and he got the turn chair of country music singer Blake Shelton during his performance of Hurricane by Band of Heathens. So we've got now two on there to cheer for. And they, Shelton compared his voice to Waylon Jennings, not a bad person to be compared to at all, adding that he would like to hear Wilson perform, perform songs such as Shelton's own, Old Red, God's Country, and so many more. So we got a lot to look forward to. If you want to read the rest of that article, you can do that over at supertalk.fm. Now, we all know that Blake, if you watch that show, he has the longest tenure of the voice coach. That's 23 seasons, which I think is like technically that's going to be 12 or 11 and a half years because 24 would be, I guess, at the end of this year, which would make 12 years total that he's been doing the voice. But that's only a drop in the bucket for a Texas DJ who just got the Guinness World Record of guess how many consecutive years in radio this DJ got. It's a lady. Did you read the article? No, I'm just guessing 63. 71. 71 years and 355 days was confirmed this past February. The Couldn't 15th. make another 10 days. Couldn't make another 10 days. Well, I think it was confirmed. I think she's still working. But ah. when they did the, when they, when they confirmed it or whatever, that was 71 years, 365 days. It's Miss Mary McCoy. She was awarded the record for the longest career as radio presenter slash DJ. So Gallagher had to hang in there a wee bit longer if he is going to not Miss Mary off of her Guinness World Book record. She started working five days a week as a radio host at the age of 12. So you do the math. Um, she was recorded more than three, reported more than three years 
beat the previous recording, excuse me, by more than three years. So I guess the one before that was like 69 years or so, and she's now at at 71 uh, years. She said growing up, it was her dream to get into the entertainment business, and she started out singing on talent shows and asked to audition for a radio show. And they liked what they heard. So she started working at KMCO Radio, April 20th, 1951, only doing a 15-minute singing program, which then led into her five-day-a-week uh, host. She's 85. She still hosts the two-hour country classic show six days a week on, I guess, KVST K-Star Country in Huntsville, Texas. How cool is that? And here's her Mississippi tie. So she had a music career in addition to her DJ duties, and she shared the stage with Elvis Presley when he was when the singer and his band joined her for a few songs in 1955. What a long career! Can anyone beat 71 years in the same career? I mean, you would had to have started. I mean, that's more time working than. The cutoff age for retirement. Mm-hmm. And you don't usually work the first dozen or so years, according to her. Correct. I mean, she started at 12. Oh. Technically started at 12, doing her little 15-minute singing spot, which then led into, but she was getting paid. She was on the books, so it's still considered an ongoing career in um, in radio broadcasting. That's insane. So... Anyone listening to good things have a long career, maybe not 71 years. I'd love to know who out there has been at the same job the longest, not just in the same profession, like same job for the longest, 601-879-4395. It's okay if your job changed names or was bought out. That wasn't your fault. But if you've like sort of been in the same position or working at the ladder in the same company or in the same whatever, I wonder who out there has the, has the longest tenure. I did find two people that beat Miss Mary, not in radio, obviously. She, right. she holds the Guinness World Record. But in terms of tenure, one's a pastor in Texas. They got some longevity and in, in loyalty in their, <laughs> in their professions there in Texas. It's 72 years and 61 days. It was achieved by Reverend Doris Nathaniel Benneford, Sr., he was the pastor of Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church in Texas City, Texas. This was actually verified back in 2022. I'm not sure if he's still there. But in 1947, he was visiting a friend in Texas, and he was scheduled to preach at that church as a guest pastor um, because the pastor was sick. And they liked him so much, he never left for 72 years and 61 Days That really is impressive because if you go to a small church in your small town, that is a long time to be vetted in the community to what well, I mean, it's 71 years. You've watched babies have grand like you've watched. I'm trying to think like yeah, least, that's several that's, generations, that's generations of families in one spot for you to be there. In that way, the only person I could find in the Guinness World Book of Records that beats the Reverend and beats Miss Mary is also at church. It's the longest tenure church pianist, pianist or organist. Those are two totally different things. Well, she her, play a piano all over your hands. <laughs> An organ requires using your feet. It has pianist slash organist. So I don't know. She, Multi-talented. <laughs> She probably started on the piano and graduated to the organ. And maybe their church has both. I don't know. 
But guess what? If you showed up to church to make a joyful noise, whether it was a piano or an organ, either way, for 80 years and 188 days, it was achieved by Alice, um, who played at Union Pisgah United Methodist Church in Ohio since 1935. You want to know what the first hymn she ever played at church was? When I, I haven't foggy. <laughs> when I see the blood. <laughs> That shouldn't be funny. Take it with a grain of salt. It is kind of humorous, though. I guess that's when she decides she will she will lay it down. But that's pretty cool, though. Eighty years, one hundred and eighty-eight days. I mean, most of us just hope to live as long as these folks have been actually working or showing up for their particular profession. Eighty years, seventy-six years, seventy-one years. I think it was seventy-two years. Excuse me. And, I mean, talk about loyalty and not getting bored and ADHD much, must not run in their, in their genes at all. But that's like living in the same town. Some, some have their entire sort of life or I was trying to think of anything else being, even being married would be hard because you have to start so young to make it to like 70 or 80 years old. I'm assuming she had to start at 10. To playing the piano, ten or eleven. I mean, it's right? not unheard. It, it's it's more likely to see a youth playing music than in preaching. front of a church than preaching in front of a church. Yeah, but if you're seventy two years, technically, if you made it into your nineties, you could have started pastoring at nineteen or twenty. When right. back in the which that's totally acceptable and normal, right? Especially back in like what? Well, it didn't say nineteen forty seven. Right. Twenty year old pastor would have been starting out. Could have been fine. Um, still could have been fine. So I could see where that would go. I guess so, too. Well, no, you'd be pushing 100 if you made it to 80. If you started at 20, you would be 100. Math is hard in that way. I just I can't think of anything you would want to like show up for for 80 years consecutively other than your marriage. If you outlive that, like if you live that long, it just feels like a really long time. But they did it. I think it's pretty cool. Nobody has beaten it on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. I think we've done this before here, and someone has made it 40, 50 years is usually like the average of term long tenure. If you start somewhere in your early 20s, 40 years gets you to 60, 65, 45. I would say anything over like 50 years at the same location or the same. Yeah, that's when it starts getting extraordinary. Right. I would agree. Hey, but kudos to you for still going. I'm, I'm assuming Miss Mary there, I mean, she knows all her listeners too. It probably is part of her daily habit now, two hours a day to get up and go host radio. Who knows? We could still be doing good things. Oh, math is really hard. I was trying to think, how old will we be? We do this for 70 more years. Oh, wow. I don't know if I got that many in me. I don't know if I have that many in me either. That would put us over 100. You know what? Let's try. Let's let's give it our, our good college try. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more for you up next. Long my two hands are fit to use. I'll drink my beer in a tavern, sing a little bit of these working man blues. This song for the working man.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah. Well, it's a long way from Star Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I got a Mississippi girl with me, except she's far from Meridian, Mississippi. We got Holly Brand. She is your former Miss Mississippi, but she is now competing on season 23 of The Voice. Go Team Kelly and go Team Holly. Hey, Holly. Oh, man, we got a little bit of a technical difficulty here. We're going to try to connect with Holly. But if you remember, the season 23 opened up, oh, maybe two weeks ago. And she was one of the first contestants to come out, the first of Mississippi uh, to come out and compete for uh, a, a spot on season 23. And she got herself three chair turns. And she's joining us now. Uh, good. Hey, Holly. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can, girl. You know, technology is great until it's not, and that's okay, but we got you, and that's all that matters. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Oh, I can only imagine, and I know after talking to a few contestants of The Voice here on Good Things, you've known this for a while, so you've been sitting on this really exciting news for a while, so how long have you known that you were going to be on the show? Well, I submitted a video of myself singing, like, in my house last February, um, not thinking anything about it. I was like, nobody's going to see this. Like, this is not going to go anywhere. Because you got to think, how many videos does The Voice get every single season, you know? And a couple months later, I got an email, sent in some more songs, did an interview. And then in July, I got the call that I was being offered a blind audition. So I have been keeping this in for well over half a year, and it has been the most difficult thing that I've ever had to do, hands down. So I can imagine how exciting it must have been when, regardless of what happened, you're just excited to be able to share with the world your experience. But, boy, you had a really cool experience. You got your three chair turns. You ultimately went with Team Kelly. But I love that you showed out with Mississippi with your song choice. I mean, I can't imagine of all the songs out there having to think of one for a blind audition. What led you to that one, to Mississippi Girl? Yeah, well, I grew up singing Mississippi Girl. Um, grew up looking up to Faith Hill and Carrie Underwood and, and iconic women in country music like that. Um, but for me, picking a song for my blind audition, I mean, it's hard. You only have 90 seconds to impress the coaches, so it's definitely a difficult decision. But for me, I really connect to the lyrics of Mississippi Girl, not just because I'm grew up in Mississippi and am also a country artist from Mississippi, but just about you know what the lyrics mean about no matter how far I make it in my career, what happens on the voice, I'm not going to forget where I came from. You know, I went through a period of time where I really struggled with my confidence and didn't feel like I was good enough to do something like the voice, even though I wanted to. And when I was crowned in Miss Mississippi, it wasn't the title that instilled the confidence in me. It was the people. I traveled I think over 32,000 miles across the state just over one year. And it was the people that I got to meet, you know, the kids at the schools that I went to and all the different organizations I went to to speak and to sing. Those people really 
lifted me up and I had never felt more supported than I did during that year. And it's those people that really made me believe in myself that I could do something like the voice. And of course my family, my friends and my team, my village, if you will, um, supporting me all the way and encouraging me and lifting me up. But I didn't want to forget about those people during my, the biggest thing that I've ever done in my life. So for me, it was kind of a Tipping my hat to everybody back home in Mississippi that I remember you guys. I'm never going to forget about you. And I know that I'm here because of people back home here in Mississippi. Well, we're rooting for you for sure, Holly. But, you know, you are no stranger to the stage and and performing in front of judges, obviously making it through the Miss America organization, even going on to compete at the Miss America pageant. But being our Miss Mississippi, which was more nerve wracking? And I know they're in different stages and phases of life. So it's it's apples to oranges. But stepping on the stage at Miss Mississippi to sing and then Miss America to sing and then the voice stage to sing. Which one had the most butterflies, the most nerves in that season of life? Oh, my goodness. Um, it depends on what day you ask me. Sometimes I say the voice. Sometimes I say Miss America. And I think, you know, I think my final decision on this is that they're equally nerve-wracking but in different ways. The voice, I think, is more pressure added to it, especially during the blind auditions, because this could that you know that that moment could change your life before you step on stage. You know that this could be a game changer for you. But on the other hand, you know, growing up singing, I kind of had the mentality of I just get to go out there and do what I love to do, even though I know that there's attached pressure to it. I'm more comfortable, the most comfortable when I'm singing on stage with a microphone in my hand. So when I was doing Miss America. And Miss Mississippi, I was never nervous for talent. That was always the one phase of competition where I was cool as a cucumber and I was just excited. Um, but, you know, with Miss America, there's different phases of competition. You have on-stage question, you have the interview, and then you have the social impact pitch. There's a, there's a lot of things that go into winning a title like Miss Mississippi and competing at Miss America, which is very nerve-wracking. But it's also nerve-wracking at the boys because you know that this could change your life and this could be a career-altering moment for you. But at the same time, you're also comfortable because you're just singing on stage. It's what you always do. So I think they're equally nerve-wracking, just in different ways. Well, I would do none of them. So kudos to you for just getting on stage and anyone who chooses to get on stage and sing. But you started really young and you came prepared. I know all of America was sitting at home, even us here in Mississippi, wondering why Blake didn't turn, which I think you ended up with the one that was probably meant for you anyway. And the show's not over yet for sure. I know there's a lot of twists and turns that can sort of happen. But you brought a little mementos with him. This is his last season. You brought a photo or you share. What did you bring for for Blake to sort of show him? or to offer him. Y'all have a connection outside of The Voice. We do. I got the chance to open for Blake in concert when I was 10. And, you know, I, that was really the moment that I realized I wanted to be an artist. You know, up until that point, I had been singing. I don't remember a time in my life where music wasn't a part of it. So up until that point, I had always been singing and loved to sing. But that was the moment that I realized, okay, this isn't just a hobby for me. This isn't just something that I love to do. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is how I want to make my living. I just want to sing. Um, and I'll never forget that moment. And even though he didn't turn for me, I t- to have the moment with him on stage where I actually would get to speak to him. When I met him when I was then, I didn't say a single word because I was intimidated. You know, how could you talking to Blake Shelton? But 
to be able to just sit and just tell him, you know what, like this was the moment that I realized I wanted to be an artist and to have the chance to thank him for inspiring me all the while it being his last season on The Voice, that's a really cool moment. And I've always said that if I ever made it on The Voice, I would be on Team Blake or Team Kelly. So I am so happy with how everything worked out. I was actually hoping that they both wouldn't turn, so I wouldn't have to make that decision. So it is all good. Just having the chance to, you know, thank him in his last season is a cool moment that I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. Well, it'll be fun watching you on Team Kelly, and then we've now got Walker Wilson from Raymond on Team Blake, so I feel like there can be a little friendly, you know, in, in-state in uh, rivalry there. But you both have a long road ahead of you in terms of competition. So what's next, Holly? How can Mississippi support and get behind you? Or I know they're still in the blind auditions for a couple more weeks. Um, or what are you doing now? Are you home? Are you traveling? Uh, how can we get behind you? Well, right now I am at home, but the, we do have another week of blind auditions, and I promise all of you that are listening, you're going to want to tune in because the talent this season is just unmatched. It's absolutely insane. So you don't want to miss an episode, but the next round is the battle rounds, and that begins to air on March 27th. I don't know which episode I'm going to be on, so that just means that you need to tune in for every single episode and not miss it, but... If you want to keep up with me on my socials, I try to post all the voice content that I can and keep everyone updated as soon as I know something. So you can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Miss Holly Brand. And I'm in the process of creating a Facebook page for my music and for all the voice content. And that will be under Holly Brand. I also have a fan page on Facebook that you can join. It's Holly Brand, the voice fan page. Please go join there and keep up with me. I appreciate all of the support and you know it means more than you know so thank you everyone for all the support and all the love that i've received since my blind audition aired well i hope you've reached out too to todd tillman he's another friend here of good things and a meridian native and now a voice winner although that was team blake for him um because you know you got a little lucky charm coming out of meridian uh there for the <laughs> voice isn't it crazy how like the world's so big but yet it really is just a small town like Mississippi, I mean, when you start yeah. to put it all together, for sure. All right, girl. It's absolutely- no, it's it's crazy, and I hope you guys all get to connect it. I feel like one day here on Good Things, we need to have a complete voice reunion from everybody in the state who had the opportunity. I'm yeah. I'm so down. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to be watching. We're going to be rooting. You keep in touch, girl, and we'll be waiting. I know March 27th, you said, um, and we'll be watching you soar. So you keep doing you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. You guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
You can watch good things for your own computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, and even YouTube. I started saying that really fast. <laughs> You can also watch good things on Ceasefire TV if you've got that. You can find us on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which just says it's confused because it's Mississippi. It's a beautiful day and it's getting a little bit warmer, but then we're going to take back out at the end of the at the end of the week. But have fun! It's a roller coaster ride here in Mississippi. Coming up on Friday, you've got the boys from Sports Talk Mississippi. They will be at the Sports Book at Time Out Lounge at Pearl River Resort. So get ready for the big basketball tournament kicked off yesterday. Correct. Oh, look at me knowing my sporting things. Don't forget, you can get in on the action anytime at Sportsbook at Time Out Lounge. And if you've been over to the Good Things Facebook group, you see I can keep posting some great headlines coming out of our state. And two that's sort of getting a little bit of buzz over there is one um, of a photo of Windsor Ruins. I love these older photos and historic photos that sort of get posted by some other Facebook pages that's positive our state, just sort of sharing the history. And this is a photograph by Eudora Welty in 42, and she can actually be seen in the shadows taking the photo. If you've ever taken a photo and where the sun would have been, I guess, behind you, casting a shadow where you're actually sort of in it. And she's standing in front of uh, the ruins, the Windsor ruins there in Claiborne County. Some of you have visited it. Some of you still have it on your bucket list. Raising my hand for that. It's one of those, I want to get out and go see it, considering it's pretty close to central Mississippi. I've just never, never done it. And you can see over the difference, like over the years, what, 42, that's now, what, 80 years ago that she took the photo. And she's holding her Rolly uh, Flex camera, and her arms are folded like you can tell she's up there sort of taking it. But you can see how the ruins have sort of changed over the last 80 years, which I think is really neat. But then also how they haven't. So how time sort of has stood still over, what, the last eight decades. And if you've never been out there, it consists of 23 standing Corinthian columns. And it was one of the largest antebellum Greek revival mansions ever built in our state, and it stood from 1861 to 1890, when unfortunately it was destroyed by a fire, but it's on the National Registry back in 71. It was placed on the National Registry, and it's considered a Mississippi landmark in eighty uh, in 1985. So what was once, I think, like 2,600 acres is now down to 2.1 acres that sort of surrounds the actual columns or the ruins and sort of sort of the site which i think is real i don't know as one i just want to go see it i think it's one of those places i want to see i think it's also cool to see that somebody like a legend like eudora welty for our state also got out and visited like these sites and was probably inspired by them and knowing that she was the great short storyteller and the great writer that she was it's like did she see like it playing out does she write like did it inspire any of her work could she get you know like a story going on in her head about what happened didn't happen or went on behind the walls i don't know but fun things to sort of daydream about and think about have you ever been there rano never been to windsor ruins but i have seen the uh cast iron or wrought iron it's an iron staircase that they took out of the ruins and put on campus at uh, alcorn state 
Oh, that's neat. We should get someone who understands the history about it here on Good Things because, again, one of those things, I got so many questions like, how did the fire start? Was there anybody living in the house? They obviously probably was at the time. Like, what was life? The story of the fire starting is actually there were construction workers on site that were renovating, working on it, keeping it up to date. And they had supplies laying around. I mean, you're building a house. You kind of know what that's like. And they don't know whether it was a cigar or a cigarette, but it is believed that the ashes from a visitor smoking a cigar or a cigarette tapped their ashes into a pile of lumber and sawdust Starting a fire and purpose or unintentional? Completely unintentional. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. But I feel like there should be like it, it when you think about or see photos of, of of it before like it burnt or that kind of size of mansion. I mean, it just screams Downton Abbey Southern style to me. Like there should be an entire netflix series on the life of, of of windsor ruins prior prior to it melman clayton said you should go at dusk it's spooky i would totally think it would be spooky is it i've never been so is it one of those things that you know we got a few days left here in spring break can you ride up to it sort of stop and go sightsee is it something you have to make i guess i uh, have tickets for? i don't think you have to have tickets for it it's just kind of there for you to stop and sort of look and view and everything else. If you know the ins and outs or have tips on it, 601-879-4395, we'll share those with others. But if you're headed through the Pine Belt, you've probably noticed all of the great art on the utility boxes around Hattiesburg. I think we've even had a few of the artists here on Good Things. There's now 44 painted utility boxes. And on the Good Things Facebook group, you'll find a great article about the youngest artist to make her mark in the Hub City by painting a utility box for Hattiesburg Public Art Trail. It's Gretchen McClure. She became the youngest to date, and she is 12 years, I guess, talented. We don't say 12 years young, but, yes, yeah, she's 12 years old. And so she picked out and uh, titled it Between the Lines. You can find her utility uh, box that she painted there on Broadway Street. It features the quote, between the pages of a book is a great place to be. And she has other sort of catches, sketches of of books. So it's fitting that her and Eudora are sort of together in that. Eudora was a great photographer along with a great writer. It seems like, you know, Gretchen's a, a reader and an artist and enjoys books and inspiration that way as well. So I think that's really cool. I think it's cool, too, in our town's come together and find ways to show art. I want to say it's Oxford. You guys have the art on the bus stops that people can paint, if I remember correctly. And then we've gone through it here before. Meridian's got the swans and Tupelo's got the guitars and other places have those particular things. I, though, think it's cool. And then we had the lady, I'm I'm blanking, who painted the um, fire hydrants. That may have been Tupelo, too, I think, maybe. I don't think so. No, but I think it's cool when you take those everyday things that are sort of scattered out and you turn them into art instead of just instilling different, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with different art installations. Did you mention the art installations in Stark Vegas? And those are the... Painted pianos. Painted pianos. Well, you also have the painted pianos in Cleveland, but they're actually pianos. 
Right. And they're playable. They're playable. I don't think the ones in Starkville are. I could uh, be mistaken. I haven't seen them in person. Ooh, talking about Mailman Clayton says if you go visit Windsor Ruins, if you're inspired by the photo over there on the Good Things Facebook group, you can drive up to it. So no ticket or, I guess, open to close time. Obviously, you'd want to have light. But you're close to Lost Sydney of Rodney, too. So you could do both in the same day, which we've had Rodney supporters here on Good Things who are trying to get funds and grants together to salvage or save or pres- uh, preserve some of the um, buildings that are sort of left in the little town of Rodney. If you're bored, it's your own fault. Let me just say it that way here in Mississippi. And sometimes you just have to be reminded that there are these fun little things to get out and sort of do. And I had a friend who finally took her kids. They are high school, middle school, and then she does have an elementary kid. She's kind of got all three. And they went to the two museums here in Missis- uh, here in central Mississippi for spring break, and then they went and ate lunch and did the whole thing. And she was scared that they weren't going to be really old enough, the two younger ones, to really grasp it. But she said she was pleasantly surprised. They really enjoyed it, had good conversation. You know, they didn't stop and soak it all in, kind of like, you know, maybe older children or adults would. But it remind you know, it reminds us that, hey, take them. Like, they're going to get more out of it than you think they are to these sort of different spots and educational places and stops. Even if you're not there, it's a 12-hour day. It doesn't matter. It can be a fun hour or two out of your way. Oh, yeah. I mean, my family took a trip to see the Braves play in Atlanta when I was a wee lad. And we stopped at Nakalula Falls in Alabama. And I will always remember seeing the statue of Princess Nakalula with one foot over the edge, as the story goes, leaping off the falls. Because, I mean, so much history happens in, like, a spot. And, yeah, it's just a spot. But, again, if you take, like, that moment to think through it, that long and slow 40 miles up the Natchez Trace the other day... towards Tupelo, there were so many opportunities to stop and stretch your legs and see like history and a little bit of like daydreaming about the history to me is like the cool part like what was going on right there right in that spot however many years ago right i think it's pretty neat all right stick with us Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. things don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm we're also streaming from your local supertalk mississippi radio station we're not streaming from there we're just playing from there. <laughs> but you know nowadays it just 
all the words sort of go together. Um, but who will not be streaming? He will be live in Oxford coming up April the 23rd. That's Superstar Morgan Wallen. And we want to help you get tickets because you got to win them by registering at different locations throughout the state. For example, you can register to win tickets by going to Celebration Nutrition in Columbus, Scruggs Lawn and Garden in Tupelo, Weathers Auto Supply in Oxford, and there are many more. So you can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to find the full list of registration locations. Again, it's at the Vault Hemingway Stadium coming up April the 23rd. It's a sold-out show. But if you win, you'll get two sweet seat tickets. You can't get any better than that. The ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, and Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Not every national day is worthy of conversation here on Good Things. But this one is only because I've never had it, and I feel like they the French stole it from the South. Or maybe, <laughs> you know, cause, because the South was here long before the French. No, not really. But if you think about it, okay, you're going to have to help me say it. It's pears. See, that's the problem I'm having here is because you, it, why do they keep one of the French words but not the other one? I don't know. Because the dish is poire, which is pear. Oh. Aline. Aline. Paraline. 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 Pears. Aline. I don't know. It's been a minute since I took French. Let me see if I can find a pronunciation. (laughs) Let me tell you something. You're doing better than me, okay? So I was reading it. I was like, oh, look, it's a dessert day. And then it is. Helen, excuse me. Helen. Pears Helen. If you know what it is, you're probably shaking your head. Belle Helen. Is that what it's called? Is that how you do it? That's in French. I would never, I would never get what I ordered in France. I would just have to point at the menu and then hope for the best. But this dessert is a smooth French dessert. It's warmed poached pears, vanilla ice cream, and chocolate sauce. Tell me some redneck hadn't put that together at a barbecue before. Like, it's pears, vanilla ice cream, and chocolate sauce. That's all you had left. You put it in a bowl, and you enjoyed it. What is so special about that particular concoction? I think half of the speciality comes from the name. I mean, you add a French word to anything from food, and suddenly it's gourmet. It's it's better than average. I mean, think about diced tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It's literally just tomatoes that you've cut into little bitty cubes, but you make it into French, and all of a sudden it's concasse. Really? Yeah. It's not pe- petite. I thought petite potato. Petite potatoes. Petite tomatoes on the can was like a fancy term too. I mean, that's just. It's just chopped tomatoes. It's just diced tomatoes. Petite. petite pe- I can't even see. I can't even say it. Petite. Petite. I don't want to call them potatoes. Petite, petite tomatoes. It's like, ooh, we're getting petite tomatoes. Like, it's just chopped tomatoes. It's well, nothing particularly special. I can't think of the name of it, but I have seen where they turn like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich into French terminology, and it makes it sound exponentially fancier than Jif grape jelly and bunny bread. <laughs> but here, if you're if you're feeling French today, get your good old vanilla ice cream. You'd have to poach some pears, which I think out of the isn't that technically canned pears? Uh if if I'm not mistaken, poaching is basically just boiling them till they're warm. Right. So heat up canned pears, not in the can, that would be a terrible idea. Take take the pears out of the can and then heat them, warm them. Put a slice of slice. Put a scoop of ice cream on top, and then chocolate sauce it to death, and you will 
and then wear your little beret, hat, your beret, and tie yourself a cravat around your neck, and wee 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 all the way to Zertville. <laughs> Don't they say wee? <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's yes. That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oui no. I should explore the world more. Hey, wee. No, because I took French in high school thinking, oh, I'll use this. I should have taken Spanish. No, correct. Even then, that would just be fun so you can understand everything going on around you. I feel like I, I feel like me trying to learn French is just a waste of everybody's time involved. Mine, the teachers, anyone who's going to try to understand what I'm going to try and say. And it would just be better off for flashcards and... Whatever else. On the ceasefire text line, Dan and Hattiesburg asks, does it need to be <laughs> French vanilla? Wee! Oui. <laughs> I don't think it's like a wee. Wee. Yes. Yes, it does. I think they... Correct. Stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with sports talk from three to six. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.